0: feelings right hello everyone and this is your always tactful host pendy and this is paul also known as Eastex twitch <laughs> another successful creation <laughs> uh, dare i ask what laws of nature you're breaking over there Well, it's fine. Just fine. I built my own synthesis workshop inspired by Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. That's used for
1: making monsters. You aren't making monsters over there, are you? You're monstrous enough as it
0: is. (laughs) You know, you would be surprised what you can come up with. And the tact synthesis workshop, it usually makes some amount of sense when you uh, combine different things together. So like, for example, a dancing flame and a frostburn make a green glow or a ball or an aubergine combined to make an acorn baby. But then I noticed a weird one, a dragon slime and a restless armor somehow make a slime stack. That
1: is a weird combination. I wonder how they fit together. Which one's the pitcher and which one's the catcher?
0: Oof. You know what? I don't want to know. Anyway, the weird combination required for a slime stack inspired me. What other strange pairings could go together that we could make something good? Combine Eastx and Pendy to make a podcast? <laughs> you joker. Very funny. I discovered that synthesizing a copy of the movie Office Space and a Michael Bolton album gets you a user-friendly working office printer. That sounds highly improbable. Synthesize Sonic the Hedgehog with a Dragon Quest Blue Slime and you get a detective pikachu voiced by danny devito missed opportunity if there ever was one synthesize star trek and star wars and somehow you get fraser why do i suddenly feel like i have scrambled eggs all over my face that's okay that's normal now watch this i'm going to synthesize the big dracky squad and arena watch guilds together with just a tiny pinch of dark matter dark matter no you fool you can't mix those goon squads together with dark matter Oh, it'll be fine. Watch this!
1: Now you've done it. You've created a singularity. We'll all be destroyed. The very fabric of space-time is breaking down. Maybe...
0: if we... add some... gems?
1: Wow, that was close. As with anything intact, just throw more gems at it and everything will be fine. I really need to
0: rethink some of my recipes.
1: You do that. While Pendy ponders another recipe that will certainly lead to our impending doom, I'll go ahead and welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, and the Dragon Quest
0: Tact mobile game. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest TACT first. Good. i love to synthesize some TACT. So we are in the middle of the Dragon Quest Monsters Joker event. Indeed we are. Did you ever play that series? Sadly, no. Never really got... Too much into the monsters games. It's interesting to see all these incarnus monsters that I've never seen before, though. Yes. Have you gotten many of them? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna lay, lay low for a while. I want to wait until Dragon Quest IV and another special event gets here that we'll mention later. I did get, I did do the free ticket pulls, the paid pull, and a few regular gem pulls, though. Oh, and the only reason I did the two regular gem pulls because on this stamp card there was a guaranteed S on the second try. Uh, So I ended up with two monkeys and a Digimon.
1: A what and a what now? I think you mean two Klaboons and a Dimagon.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Those, you know, there were four possible Ace-type Incarnus Monsters you could get on one banner. And unfortunately, I pulled the worst two of the four. (laughs) The Doggo and the Burb would have been really nice, but I'm not chasing those, especially since I struck out with the pulls that I did try. Uh, You mean the Wolf,
1: Spade, Ace, and Hawkheart. Well, I got all four of them, somehow. Using the paid pool, two gem pulls like you, and some free pulls. Nice. However, I didn't get any duplicates, so they're not exactly large and in charge. What about Doctor Schnapped, which I did not get, or the Joker in the
0: upcoming part three of this event? Eh, I'm good. I'm just happy for now to build up the free unit's uh, Ace of Spades, and especially the normal Wolf Spade. They even gave him uh, the Character Builder option, just like Erdrick has. And I can see why he's the top-rated A unit in the game. And with the Character Builder option, I chose to do the more physical path. I gave him abilities like uh, Healing to 100% when somebody attacks him below 20% 20 HP, and his attack that can paralyze enemies. I mean, I'll take that kind of attack all day long. What path did you choose for your wolf spade? I haven't chosen any
1: path. I saw the choice and the scarcity of resources, and I just froze up. Oh, no. Yeah, I need to hit Reddit and see if there's any good advice. But your choices sound pretty smart.
0: You know, I also love the Ace of Spades Battle Road story. The Kaleido Cat and Ace of Spades dynamic is wonderful. And I love how the cat's character progresses throughout the stages. And it's so sad in the end, too. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite mini stories to come out of tech so far.
1: Yes, it is a good story. I probably like some of the funny ones better, but that one's
0: certainly up there. You know, so... I am dying to talk about what was revealed in Japan recently, but let's talk some arena first. Since our last episode, I got another first place in single arena, which was great, but then I decided on a different tact going forward. How's that? So the moment I lose points in a match and can't get a gold trophy anymore, I switch from taking on the easiest team I can find to taking on the most difficult. The arena medals don't really get me much of anything anymore, so now I use it as practice for guild tournaments. It's mostly going to be different team setups than what you'll find in guild tourneys because they're very defense based but it'll still be good practice to sharpen my skills nonetheless Uh, it made quite the difference i had you know overall in these single arena tournaments i had a week where i started late and had tough opponents and lost a character in my First fight, my first day. So, I, you know, from there, I just did nothing but the hardest fights I could find. I ended up, like, losing two fights, and I only finished up at, like, Rank Master 2 instead of my usual finish of one. But, you know, I would even dip down into the second lower point tier, because sometimes the hardest battle would uh, end up there sometimes. So it's all good, though. It's great practice. I wondered why you've been rank 1 million lately. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you found a clever way to
1: turn your frowns upside down. Mm -hmm. I had a close week. Like two weeks ago, though I still lost
0: a unit from a fight, but so far so good this week. Nice. You know, getting back to the uh, guild tournaments, we just finished the most recent one over the weekend. We won three of the four qualifier matches, and competed in the Platinum Cup. Yeah, it was very close in
1: the qualifiers. We all tried our best, but that TWR team was tough. They've really wailed out since the last time we faced them. And for last month, they also ended up right above us in second place for the Global Guild Contribution Points ranking.
0: Yeah, that was nice because... uh... We rallied and we ended up staying in third place for the contribution points ranking. The Starfell, the team that's like like one of the top two teams in the game period that pretty much crushed us when we played them in the tournaments. They took our place like right near the end, but then we rallied with some stamina and we ended up taking third place in the end. It was great. Thank goodness yeah uh so I mean it doesn't really mean anything, but it was, it was fun. It was we, we it sent means- a statement damn it <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it means we're cooler than them. yeah, exactly. That's that's how it works. (laughs) But you know, I don't know what happened. But the uh, in going back to the uh, the guild tournament, but in the platinum cup itself, when where we were competing last uh, tournament, that was it was an absolute joke. Uh, The three teams we faced were barely there. One team, appropriately named Satan's Bunghole, only had fourteen of twenty possible people participating in it. With the last team we faced, I think only four or five of them even bothered to do an attack.
1: Yes. That was a relaxing wrap up to the tournament. Our guild usually does coaching for tournament matches, but we winged it during those three days and did just fine.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was happy with my defense team for this round. Mine consisted of a 5-heart Pizarro, 5-heart Diamond Slime, 5-heart Omega Weapon, 3-heart Forest Dragon, and 5-heart Leary Lout. A great triple coverage defense team that racked up two wins in the qualifier rounds, but then wasn't really needed at all (laughs) in the Platinum Cup because of who we faced. But oh well. That's a lot of hearts. My defense team
1: consisted of Maxed Omega, 4-heart Godomir, 3-heart Bahamut, and Maxed Rose Guardian and Stump Chomp. Not as scary a team as yours, but the attackers probably lost some points to them at least. How are you doing in real-time matchmaking?
0: So I haven't had like too much time to play it so far, but I am sitting at Master 3 in 535th place. I started using my five-heart fully blossom Orgodemir and wow, is he amazing. The ability to confuse, charm, and counterattack with his attack that heals himself to a very noticeable degree. He even has the ability to auto-heal when you give him down below 20% HP and survive any killing blow once in a battle. And I also noticed that we were both uh, ranking buddies there for a moment, where I was at 549 and you were at 551.
1: So how is uh, your RTM gone? Why, yes, I'm fl- floating around in the Masters too. Finding the time for matches has been the hardest thing. hmm I still get stomped by maxed out teams now and then, but I've also beaten some nearly maxed teams that I thought I couldn't handle. Go EastX. Well that covers all our recent arena shenanigans. You seem like
0: you're strashing about for some reason. What's that all about? I'll pop this question to you. What event did some people think would die and go away, never to return? HBO's Velma? Well, yes, but no. Uh, so for some reason, that has a season two approved. Uh, apparently, people just overwhelmingly hate watched it and it got a new season. But back on track! I dare to be different because I actually like that show. Oh, no. Haha. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be getting another
1: round of a and Die crossover in the future. That's right. Die is coming back to Tact. At first, only
0: the blossoming for the old Die characters was revealed. Yeah, and we thought that's all there was going to be, but a few. A few days later they announced the full event we'll be getting characters like Mistfern the evolved form of Hadlar Sorcerer Pop Dark Armor Spear Hyunkle, Demon King Vern. Zapoera, your favorite name to spell, <laughs> Dragon Knight Die with his own advanced character builder, and my personal favorite, Martial Artist Man. Nice I am shot. so excited for this event. I just knew the developers were going to do more and take advantage of all the other characters and the advanced forms of existing characters that there are in Die. It's so cool. This is the other event I'll go head first into. All of my gems will belong to them. Just call me the Dragon Knight Whale. So I shall. The that event is a long way off for global
1: players like us, but the new Dragon Quest 4 event isn't too far away. A new feature of
0: that event that we didn't mention last time is the mega boss battle that will feature guild co-op. Yes, we don't have all the details quite yet, but apparently there will be a Pizarro mega boss battle and your guild can work together to take them down. I really love the concept. I'm sure our Aces Guild will come through on that one. I look forward to it. As do I. I'm
1: all about the co-op. I bet there'll be some sort of ranking in which we compete with other guilds, such as those Suckers
0: and Big Drackey Squad, to see how well we do against them. You know, that's a good point. And you know what? You know what? Look out, Big Dookie Squad and Arena weenies. We'll take you down in this potential competition. I guarantee it. I'm putting down the challenge right now. If we don't beat both of you in the Mega Boss Battle Rankings, I will shave my head.
1: Whoa there, co-host buddy. You do realize one of those guilds is really good, right? They consistently place higher than us in guild tournaments. Can't go back on it now. I am tactfully serious. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. You heard it here at Tactfully Die, kids. Pendy will shave his head bald if Aces One does not rank higher than Big Drackey Squad, bleh, and Arena Watch, bleh, in the Psaro Mega Battle guild co-op
0: battle. You'll have to keep listening to the show to find out the results.
1: Now then, before we get into the die portion of the show... It's time to put aside Pendy's impending baldness for the tact tip of the day.
0: Tip of the day! Did you
1: know that the Allies Almanac in the party menu has a wealth of information about all the characters
0: you can get in tact? That's right, tacticians. You can see all the characters you have and even the characters you don't have. For any character, you can see all their stats, perks, abilities, and resistances. You can even see the exact stages
1: that have farmable monsters.
0: That's amazing! And that was our tact Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Now let's get into some Die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest The Adventure of Dai anime. We will also cover items such as the upcoming Dai console game and merchandise news as we find it as well. Sadly, only Baldi plays the mobile game, and that will be closing <laughs> in a few months. First up, we have episode 27, Land Rider Lahart. In this episode, Pop and Hyunkle square off against bronze dragon riders. Who will come out on top? In the previous episode, Hyunkle had saved Pop from getting his head cut off. Pop quickly catches Hyunkle up on what has happened to their mutual friend Dai. Hyunkle then boldly instructs Pop to finish the fight with Galdandi. Galdandi initially thinks he has the upper hand, but it turns out that Hyunkle's attack in the last episode has almost entirely severed his wing. Ouch. This
1: leaves Galdandi open for Pop's attack our hero Lev zooms into the enemy's face and
0: finishes him off with a bang spell. To the face! Yes, right to the face. Borahorn, the walrus-like Tusketeer, then starts to threaten Hyunkle, but as he is threatening him, Hyunkle makes a quick slash, severing both of Borahorn's tusks. Ouch. Probably not the dental procedure he would have wished for. Borahorn tries to take a swipe at Hyunkle, but Hyunkle effortlessly blocks the attack, much to Borahorn's dismay.
1: After Hyunkle kicks him away...
0: Borhorn then counters with his glacial breath. Yeah, he's got quite the pair of lungs that just keeps going and going and. Finally, Borhorn wings his chainsickle at Yunkel,
1: expecting to shatter a frozen human body. Instead, he strikes. Hyunkle!
0: completely unscathed, now wearing his special armor. Bad boy Hyunkle catches Borhorn's sickle and easily snaps the chain. And then Hyunkle charges forward for the patented die uppercut. Like I've pointed out before, this series loves a good old fashioned uppercut.
1: Don't we all? To cap the fight off, Hyunkle breaks out his bloody scrite attack and delivers a shot straight
0: through the Tusketeer's chest. He died. He gone. He is surely no more. In the ensuing conversation between Hunkel and Larhart, the only remaining member of Baron's Dragon Riders, we learned that Hyunkel's armor and Larhart's spear were both crafted by Lon Barak the greatest craftsman from the underworld.
1: I wonder if we'll ever meet that guy. It turns
0: out that both weapons can expand to simultaneously function as both weapon and armor. Larhart utilizes the dark armor spear and seems to be too quick for uncle. Has he met his match? After nearly missing his first attack to the face? The face! Hyunkle tries to counter, but none of his attacks can even come close to Larhart, not even his super quick Avon-style wave slash. Larhart launches a series of lightning-quick stabs that start to break away Hyunkle's armor. That part's difficult to watch. All seems lost when one of Larhart's attacks hits Hyunkle dead center, slamming the hero into a cliff wall. Hyunkle decides to draw in Larhart's next attack so that he can counter with a bloody scryde.
1: But Larhart sees through this ruse and flings his gauntlet at Hyunkle instead. This causes Hyunkel to miss with his counter.
0: Larhart then unleashes his Claw energy wave attack and gets a direct hit on Hyunkel. Oh, the episode ends by cutting to the rest of the party at the castle with Die. Dai's Dragon Knight symbol begins to glow as Baran has drawn very close to them.
1: <laughs> we see Baran ominously walking towards the castle as
0: the episode closes. Yep, not a bad episode. A little redemption for Pop and seeing Hyunkel being a badass and until he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also another classic Die style uppercut to add to the counter. What do you think?
1: Well, this wouldn't be a very satisfying episode to watch on its own, but as long as you watch the one right after it, you're good. Because yeah, it's quite a cliffhanger seeing Hyuncle in that bad situation. Mm-hmm. But I do love how the, the first two of the three Dragon Riders got their butts handed to them. That was satisfying <laughs> to watch.
0: Yeah, that was great.
1: Next we have episode twenty-eight, Die Secret, in which Baran approaches Terran Castle, Leona gives Dai his knife and Larhart reveals the secrets of
0: Baran's past. This episode starts with Merla realizing that Baran is very close to their location at Tehran Castle.
1: It's a bad situation since the group is split apart and Dai is still stuck
0: in a childish, cowardly state. The Ona and Crocodine,
1: both natural leaders... Discuss their
0: defenses. Crocodine wants to go out alone, but Leona convinces him that she must go too for support.
1: Before they head off, Leona attaches Dai's Papnica knife to his belt for his own protection.
0: Dai objects, still scared of weapons and pretty much everything else. Yep, he sucks at this point. Yeah. But Leona gives Restoring Die one last go and gives him a big old kiss. Go Die! However, Dai seems happy that Baran is coming, and Leona tries to remind him that Baran is actually the enemy.
1: Dai is still confused and lost, but the interaction gives him a sliver of his memory back, a memory of the first time he received the Pabnika knife from Leona.
0: He doesn't remember it quite, you know, exactly, but he does realize that he received the knife before, kind of like a, almost like a deja vu, like, this has happened before. It's a start. True. We then transition back to Hyunko, who is not in good shape. Larhart appears to be in a rush, saying he should hurry and regroup with Baran. But then he remembers he's in a Shonen story and must explain the backstory of Baran for the audience. It's true. Sarcasm aside, Larhart reveals some good info. Dai's mother was a human woman. Larhart starts by sharing that when a dragon knight is at their life's end, the mother dragon descends, and the dragon crest is passed on to the new life that the mother dragon has inside of her. Dragon babies. Mm -hmm. The new
1: knight is born in a distant land, becoming (laughs) the new Dragon Knight. Normally, there's only one Dragon Knight at a
0: time. Normally, yes. But 15 years ago, as Avon was battling Hadlar's army, Baran was in the Underworld, battling an even greater threat.
1: He was battling Belzar,
0: king of the Abyss in the Underworld, an intelligent dragon that wanted to rule the above world. Baran was mortally wounded in the fight and made his way to the Fountain of Miracles, That can heal Dragon Knights.
1: Yeah. And big boy Baran almost didn't make it. But Lady Sola was there to save him before he died. Just short of the fountain. That would have sucked.
0: Yeah. You know, and from that moment, they started to form a bond and eventually fell in love. How lovely. Sola was the princess of the Alkid kingdom. Certain vassals of that kingdom were upset that the princess was together with a stranger who didn't come from the kingdom of Alkyd. They didn't want this stranger ascending to the throne in the future. These troublemakers didn't know that Baran was a dragon knight, but they did know that he wasn't human. He looks human
1: enough, but the bad vassals convinced the king to exile Baran from the kingdom.
0: Yeah, they convinced him that he was pr- most likely some kind of, uh, underworld fiend and they were all paranoid, especially since Hadlar had just almost taken over the world recently. There was that. But you know, as Baron is leaving, Sola tells him that she is with child. I wonder how that happened. Probably just dragon stuff.
1: Yeah, probably dragon stuff. Anyway, Sola joins Baron in exile and they start living a quiet life in Terran Kingdom.
0: Yes. And they decide to name their newborn son, whom we now know as Dai, Dino which means strong dragon in the Alkid language. That's right, strong dragon, not purple
1: dinosaur. Unfortunately, Alkid eventually hunts down the little family and surrounds them with a
0: massive unit of soldiers. Bron doesn't want to kill any humans, so he surrenders under the promise that Sola and Dino will not be harmed.
1: The king agrees, but insists that Dino
0: slash die be sent to a foreign land. Maybe even a remote island. Varan is sentenced to execution for kidnapping the princess. It appears to be execution by Kupfriz spells, we're assuming. They don't say the exact spell name. I don't think I've ever seen an execution by spell before.
1: That's because you've closed your eyes to adventure. Anyway, just before Varan can be executed... Sola throws herself in front of him, dying as a result.
0: Sola tells Baran not to hate all humans, that they just did all of this out of fear.
1: It doesn't matter, though. This puts Baran in a mighty rage, so he annihilates the entire kingdom.
0: He flies off with Sola's body, professing his newfound hatred for all humans. Darn
1: it. Baran then tries to find his son, Dino, die, but to no avail because the child's ship was
0: wrecked in a sea storm. And that's how we see that Dai floats to Dernline Island on a piece of shipwreckage, where Grandpa Brass finds him. Now you know the rest of the story. Okay, Paul Harvey. So during Baran's despair, Dark King Vern approaches and offers a chance to wipe out all of the humans, and Baran eagerly accepts.
1: Cutting back to the present... Hyunkle is able to relate to Baran's backstory because Hyunkle also hated the human world before his friends set him straight. He now wants
0: to convince Baran of the same.
1: Larhart is upset by Hyunkle thinking that he could somehow ease
0: Baran's pain. So the bad guy makes an attack straight for Hyunkle's heart. Jealous much? Hyunkle is able to dodge, now able to see through Larhart's attacks. Hyunkle confesses that he
1: wasn't going all out before because he was trying to save himself for the confrontation with Baran. How
0: convenient. Yes, how convenient. He was keeping a distance and not trying to get hit too badly, but now he just doesn't care. At
1: first, is able to either dodge or parry Larhart's attacks from
0: this point. But then Larhart gets a good slice to Hyunkel's chest and begins to attack mercilessly. Poor Hyunkel is thrown backwards to the ground. Larhart tries to land another sunderclaw, but Hyunkel counters with his life-aura-draining Grand Cross super-attack. Kelko
1: performs the move with an assist from his Insignia of Avon. He explains how it's a symbol of the bonds
0: of the Disciples of Avon. Wait, a bond? Between heroes? Where have I heard that before? Who can say?
1: As Hyunkle starts to get up, he barely dodges a surprise attack from the not-quite-as-dead-as-we-thought-Borahorn. He not dead. He not gone. Ah. <sighs> Kiunkle nearly strikes back, but then Borahorn reveals that he's taken Pop as a hostage. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's where the episode ends. So I thought this episode was pretty important from a flashback standpoint. Mm. When it returns to the present, Kiunkle's newfound advantage against Larhart is quite contrived. Typical <laughs> Shonen
0: stuff. I wasn't really oh, drawing. sure. He yeah. was just holding back when he almost died before. What are your thoughts? So I really loved this episode. It was a great mixture of Baron's very interesting backstory and a terrific battle be- between Hyunkel and Larhart. It's very good animation, especially when they're duking it out in close quarters. And I even felt sorry for Baron and his misfortune. It's nice when the villain has some sort of backstory that explains the way that they are, that they're not just two-dimensional, like, oh, I must... Do the bad thing like they have something behind why they are doing what they're doing.
1: Indeed. Also, it's really cool that because Alkyd Kingdom messed with his woman, he just destroyed the whole thing. Now there is
0: no Alkid Kingdom. They just no. did
1: not know who they were messing with.
0: No, they did not because it was like an island nation and he just like poof and the whole thing just gone.
1: <laughs> exactly. They're not yeah. on
0: maps anymore mm Before we go, as I stated in the last episode, I decided to pick up and play the Die mobile game, A Hero's Bond, before it shuts down completely in a few months. Now that you've played more of the mobile game, how are you liking it? It's been good. It's still not my favorite gameplay, but as I've said before, uh, seeing this original story that it has has been pretty cool. In the alternate dimension of the original story, Mortal Enemies of die such as Hadlar and even Flazard have to work together against this new evil force. Ooh, that's gonna make for some awkward interactions. <laughs> and it does. And it's very entertaining. The base team that I fight with right now is a advanced version of Leona. I got Crocodine and Martial Arts Ma'am to go along with my custom hero that I created. Quite a lineup. Any problems with the weapons gotcha that you don't like so much? Actually, no. Uh, because of the impending shutdown, we get 3,000 free gems a day, which is like a, f- a full pull on the weapons gotcha. So I've slowly Ooh. gotten some really badass equipment and super moves from it. Coincidentally... My custom hero recently got Hyuncle's grand cross move that we just discussed in one of the previous episodes. It's adorable to hear her say, Crossu" in a female Japanese voice. It's great. That's good, at least. I wish I had more free time so I could check it out, too. Yeah, you know, and it's a shame that a hero's bond is shutting down, but at least the story that they do have will have a final ending chapter chapter to it and it'll get closed out. Maybe a little bit rushed, but still they do plan to end the story and have some sort of conclusion to it.
1: Speaking of endings, that's all for this episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 29 and 30 of The Adventure of Die on Crunchyroll or other video services.
0: We don't use Patreon. If you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at wudis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den Dragon Quest fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running.
1: The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything,
0: and you might help keep us from shutting down someday as well. We even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy by our resident artist, Dwayne. See the link for it in the show notes. And as part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or Stu, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety
1: of games every Saturday, kids. Getting back to Dragon Quest, consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon Stand Forums, the only forums that never hold their strength back, no matter what's coming. Find it from the Dragon Stand main page or at whatis.com forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers, Dragon Quest Tact Global, and
0: Infinity Strash Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there. Or come hang out with us and Tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server.
1: We'd like to thank everyone that made this podcast possible, including Pendy, Woodas, the Dragon's Den, and Baran's wife, Sola. She was good people.
0: And a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo.
1: Spin that logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast.
0: A good one. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. We'll catch you later, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here.
1: This is Gutrude for Slime Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure.